the relapse of lady teasel from mr punch's dramatic sequels by st john hankin this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the school for scandal the school for scandal ends it will be remembered with the reconciliation of sir peter and lady teasel the complete exposure of joseph surface and the rehabilitation of charles but how long did the teasel reconciliation last and if sir oliver surface left all his fortune to his nephew charles how long did that young gentleman take to run through it dramatis personae sir peter teasel read by algy pug lady teasel read by elizabeth clatt joseph surface read by Emby. sir oliver surface read by todd narrator read by ruth golding scene room in sir peter teasel's house sir peter and lady teasel discovered wrangling as in act two lady teasel lady teasel i'll not bear it sir peter sir peter you've told me that a hundred times this habit of repeating yourself is most distressing tis a sure sign of old age owns madam will you never be tired of flinging my age in my face lud sir peter tis you that fling it in mine how often have you said to me when an old bachelor marries a young wife and if i have lady teasel you needn't repeat it after me for you live only to plague me and yet twas but six months ago you vowed never to cross me again yes madam six months ago when i found you concealed behind a screen in mr surface's library you promised that if i would forgive you your future conduct should prove the sincerity of your repentance i forgave you madam and this is my reward and am i to blame sir peter for your ill-humours must i always be making concessions to please you i have given up all routs and assemblies attend no balls nor quadrilles talk no scandal never ogle nor flirt i go no more to my lady sneerwell's though i vow hers was a most delightful house to visit such fashion and elegance such wit such delicate malice just so madam this is what i complain of all the while you are longing to return to these follies you are not happy when you are alone with me great heaven sir peter you must not ask for miracles what woman of fashion is ever happy alone with her husband there it is lady teasel you think only of fashion and yet when i married you oh, oh lad sir peter why will you always be returning to that painful subject vastly painful no doubt madam since it prevents you from marrying mr surface behind whose screen i found you oh, oh mr surface but twas charles you used to suspect and now tis joseph zounds madam is a man never to be allowed to change his mind i say tis joseph 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 enter joseph surface sir peter and lady teasel are obviously disconcerted at this inopportune arrival and say nothing 
Joseph has greatly changed in appearance in the six months which have elapsed between the play and the sequel. He has lost his sleekness and his air of conscious virtue, and looks like a careless, good-humoured man about town. Obviously enjoying their discomfort. Sir Peter, your servant. Lady Teasel, your most obedient. Bows profoundly. To what, Mr. Surfers, do we owe the honour of this visit? Blandly correcting him. Pleasure, Sir Peter. I said honour, sir. I came at the invitation of Sir Oliver, who is staying in your house. He desired to see me. Viciously to Sir Peter. If this gentleman's business is with Sir Oliver, perhaps he will explain why he is intruded in this room. With pleasure. My attention was arrested by the sound of voices raised in dispute. I heard my name mentioned loudly more than once, and recognising one of the voices as that of Lady Teasel, with a low bow, I thought it better to interpose to defend my character at once. Stamping her foot. Insolent. <laughs> Very good. Efaith, Mr. Surfers, I could almost find it in my heart to forgive you for your injuries towards me when you talk like that. Injuries, Sir Peter? I never did you an injury. That affair of the screen was the merest misunderstanding. I had no desire at all to capture the affections of Lady Teasel. On the contrary, it would have been highly inconvenient for me. It was your ward Maria that I wished to win. Monster! Unhappily, Lady Teasel mistook the nature of my attentions, and I, knowing her temper, bowing to Lady Teasel, feared to undeceive her lest she should use her influence to prejudice me in the eyes of your ward that sir peter is the true explanation of the situation in which you found lady teasel on that unlucky morning with suppressed fury pray sir peter do you propose to continue to permit this gentleman to speak of me in this way certainly madam everything that mr surface has said seems to me to bear the stamp of truth oh. so you see sir peter you never had any real cause of jealousy towards me my conduct was foolish, I admit, but it was never criminal. Joseph, I believe you. Six months ago I thought you guilty of the basest treachery towards me. But a year of marriage with Lady Teasel has convinced me that, in her relations with you, as in her relations with me, it is always Lady Teasel who is in the wrong. They shake hands warmly. I will not stay here to be insulted in this manner. I will go straight to Lady Sneerwell's and tear both your characters to tatters. Exit in a violent passion. Oons, what a fury! But when an old bachelor marries a young wife— Come, come, Sir Peter, no sentiments. What? You say that? My dear Joseph, this is indeed a reformation. Had it been Charles now, I should not have been surprised. Egad, Sir Peter, in the matter of sentiments, Charles, for a long time, had a most unfair advantage of me. For having no character to lose, he had no need of sentiments to support it. But now I have as little character as he, and we start fair. Now I am a free man. I say what I think, do what I please. Scandal has done its worst with me, and I no longer fear it. Whereas when I had a character for morality to maintain, all my time was wasted in trying to live up to it. I had to conceal every trifling flirtation, and had finally wrapped myself in such a web of falsehood 
that when your hand tore away the veil, I give you my word, I was almost grateful. Depend upon it, Sir Peter, there's no possession in the world so troublesome as a good reputation. Digging him in the ribs. <laughs> ah, Joseph, you're a sad dog. But here comes your uncle, Sir Oliver. I'll leave him with you. Exit. Enter Sir Oliver, reading a sheaf of legal documents. Reading. Eighty. One hundred and twenty. Two hundred and twenty. Three hundred pounds. Gad, the dog will ruin me. Sir Oliver, your servant. Looking up. Eh, hey, is that you, nephew? Yes, I remember. I sent for you. You're busy this morning, uncle. I'll wait upon you another day. No, no, Joseph. Stay, and hear what I have to tell you. I sent for you to say that I have decided to pardon your past misconduct and restore you to favor. Six months of Charles's society have convinced me of the folly of adopting a reprobate. I thought they would, uncle. Your brother's extravagances pass all bounds. Here are four writs which were served upon him but yesterday. And the fellow has the assurance to send them on to me. Joseph laughs heartily. Sounds, nephew. Don't stand chuckling there. And his character has not reformed one whit in spite of his promises. His flirtations with my lady Sneerwell and others are so excessive that Maria has quite thrown him over. And the engagement is broken off. Add to this that I have paid his debts three times, only to find him contracting fresh liabilities, and you may judge that my patience is exhausted. But these are old stories, uncle. You knew that Charles was vicious and extravagant when you made him your heir. He's done nothing fresh to offend you. On the contrary, he has done something which has hurt me deeply. How absurd of him, uncle, when he knows that he is dependent wholly on your bounty. Wait till you hear the whole story. A week ago, your brother came to me for money to meet some gambling debt. I refused him. Whereupon, he returned to his house, had it an auctioneer, and sold everything that it contained. And did you play a little premium a second time, uncle? Certainly not, sir. On this occasion, I left the rogue to settle matters for himself. But I see no great harm in this. Why should not Charles sell his furniture? Deuce take his furniture. He sold my picture. What, the ill-looking little fellow over the settee? Yes. Ha, ha, ha! Delicious! Sold his uncle's portrait! Gad, I like his spirit! You seem vastly entertained, nephew. I confess the humor of the situation appeals to me. Happily for you, I am less easily amused. No, no. Charles is a heartless scoundrel, and I'll disown him. No, no, uncle. He's no worse than other young men. But he sold my picture. He was pressed for money. But he sold my picture. He meant no harm, I'll be bound. But he sold my picture. Enter Sir Peter hurriedly, looking pale and disordered. My dear Sir Peter, you are ill. You've had bad news. Sir Peter, old friend, what is it? Uh, 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 Lady Teasel. Stops, choked with passion. Not dead. Dead? Hell and furies, if it were only that. No, run away with your profligate nephew, Charles. Impossible. Is this certain? Aye, Rowley saw them driving together in a post-chase towards Richmond, not ten minutes ago. Then I'll disown him. Joseph, you are my heir. But see that you behave yourself, or I'll disinherit you too, 
and leave my money to a missionary society. Curtain End of the Relapse of Lady Teasel